This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. I got one of my all-time favorite people, one of the best authors, one of the best writers, one of the best creative, spiritual, calming minds in this this crazy world of ours. Uh, my good friend Linda Anderson is going to be on here shortly. And you know Linda. She's a uh, New York Times bestselling author. She's a columnist, written some of the best books out there, Angel Animals being one of them. So a good friend and uh, one of the best people to talk to. So we're going to talk to uh, Linda in a moment. Uh, So everybody hang tight. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Join us now is New York Times bestselling author and columnist and all-around great writer and wonderful person, Linda Anderson. Linda, welcome back to the show. Oh, well, thank you, Tim. What a great introduction. I really appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, it's well-deserved, and you, and you can pay me a little something later. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's exciting to talk to you again. It's been a little while, but obviously everybody knows uh, you guys, uh, your wonderful angel series, angel animals, angel horses, angel dogs, angel cats, all the great, great books that have uh, that you've put out over the years that give us uh, joy and hope and and happy tears and all the wonderful things the books bring about. And uh, now you've got this great, great blog that's out called Animals Are Soul, animalsaresoul.blog. So tell us a little bit about the uh, the blog itself. Well, I'm actually a columnist for the blog, uh, Animals Are Soul, and uh, it's published by Eckinkar, and it's just a, a tremendous vehicle for people to be able to explore the whole spiritual connections that they have with animals. We, In the blog, uh, there are stories from people all over the world uh, who are experiencing their spiritual relationship with animals and seeing animals as these eternal spiritual beings who are gracing their lives and bringing so much love and peace into their lives. And so we tell uh, your columnist for Eckenkar. Tell us a little bit about who Eckenkar is and how the uh, the blog came about. Well, Eckenkar is actually a, a spiritual teaching. It's a global uh, teaching in, in over 120 uh, countries around the world. And um, the uh, it's called The Path of uh, Spiritual Freedom. And it's uh, the blog that Eckenkar is publishing and that I'm writing for now um, is a spiritual resource for people of all faiths and backgrounds. And for me, it just hits all the right notes when it comes to people being able to explore these connections that they know are there, but maybe not not many people talk about this. You know, you hear all kinds of things about what to feed your pet and and their personality even, but you don't hear a whole lot about how you and that pet have a bond that goes far beyond 
this life and a bond that is an interconnection, which I know you know all about, Tim. Right, right. <laughs> the interconnection that people have uh, with animals. And so these stories just sort of verify the kinds of experiences that people are having. And they're written in a very uh, entertaining as well as informative and inspiring way. So I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Yeah, you know, that's the important, I mean, there's so many different important messages here, but we're not talking about a uh, a site or a, uh, you know, when we talk about a path to spiritual freedom, you know, we're not talking about this unknown dynamic, but I think that we're all on this path. We're all on this path to, to discover who we are spiritually and what's going on around us uh, from a spiritual nature and trying to find a path to understand it all. And then you add the next layer, which are our animals, which we, we love and we have that heart connection with. And we desperately want to know more about them and build those greater bonds and those greater relationships and understand what our path is together. Yeah, that is so true. And I think one of the things I enjoy watching is when I read these stories from people is um, that the relationship that they have with animals, when they understand that it's actually spiritual in nature, they begin to understand so much about their lives and about themselves. You know, like many times uh, when I've talked to some of the people who write their stories, they'll tell me about something that the animal did, and then I'll say, I'll just ask a simple question. I'll say, okay, well, what was going on in your life at that time? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you just, you know, they get that aha moment, and they go, oh, this was all connected. <laughs> that animal came into my life and did this thing at exactly the time when I was going through this and when I really needed that to help me to understand what was happening or to help to give me comfort or, or console me when I was going through something. And, and they, start, they realized then that these puzzle pieces are all connected. Absolutely. You know, and I've written about this many times, and I know it's a topic that, <laughs> that I've touted for years because, you know, I'm a firm believer that, that every living being, whether it's human, animal, or whatever it may be, we have a purpose. There's a purpose for us being here. Some uh, are very broad in nature, some are very deep in meaning, and some are very simple, the message that we're trying to get out. The difference, I believe, between animals and ourselves is animals understand their purpose much better than we do, and they stick to it and try to, to fulfill that purpose every day, where yeah, perhaps as humans, we we spend thousands of dollars in therapy and trying to figure it all, all out. <laughs> 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 but but our animals are you know they're they're always there uh, you know and and I think you hit it spot on it's like that's a great great question you ask it's like okay what was going on in your life that time and then they get they realize oh my gosh my my animal brought that to me yes exactly and I, I totally agree with you about how animals are very purpose driven <laughs> they really seem to know exactly what they're there for and they come into your life at exactly the right time. And then if you can just kind of wake up a little bit <laughs> and yes. look around you, you could say, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I see why they were there. And then, you know, some people have these hero stories where animals do something very specific and heroic and totally unexpected, like save their lives in some way. And then they get it that that animal had a purpose. But, you know, it's not always the hero stories. A lot of times it's the day-to-day stories. At least it's been that way for me for the most part. It's been an animal that just is is there uh, doing what it does, what it seems to do naturally, but in, in, in a way that brings something special and wonderful and amazing to my life. 
an everyday miracle. Yeah, and I think that's that's a very valid point. I mean, uh, as you said, there's I call them the grandiose things, you know, the the hero stories you were talking about, where if an animal got us through a really tough situation, uh, a life changing situation, they were our mentor, our muse, or our healer. You know, if we can recognize that early and allow that to happen, we're going to be much better for it. But as humans, we often wait too long and have to reflect back on it and realize that they brought that to us. But as you mentioned, some of them are the simple things, you know, getting us through a day, uh, you know, a particular challenging day. Uh, they have, you know, that ability to be able to do that for us. It's really true. And I, I think one of the things I love about the Animals or Soul blog is that it has spiritual tools embedded into these stories that anybody can use. One of my favorites is um, there's a a sacred ancient love song to God called Hugh. It's spelled H-U, and it's sung like a chant. And uh, if I could demonstrate it, I think your your listeners would enjoy singing it to their animals because I love singing this to animals. It's, it just almost immediately lights up the spiritual connection. So if you want to sing Hugh for yourself or uh, to an animal, mm-hmm. just take a nice deep breath, and on the outgoing breath, you go, and you just keep repeating that over and over for a little while and then you can get quiet and it's sort of like um you know thoughts come to mind and just uh, understandings and insights and all kinds of just beautiful things begin to happen when you sing this for yourself or to an animal. And uh, like I have a, a story in the blog about a, a, our, our newest cat. Uh, I'm calling her new, but she's actually 12 years old. <laughs> and uh, she's, uh, we had decided that after our last cat had passed away, we decided that because we were getting older, we wanted to get an older cat. And um, we didn't really want to keep, our, our animals tend to live a really long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we went to, uh, I, we looked all over the place. I couldn't find just the right cat. There was just, nothing was clicking. And um, in Ekankar, there's a spiritual guide called the Mahanta, the Inner Master. And, and I uh, was able to get a dream with the help of the Mahanta. And in that dream, I saw this beautiful gray cat with a long fur and a long curly fluffy tail i've never seen a cat like this in my life just beautiful and i was holding this cat in my arms and i could hear this voice from the inner master saying this is your cat and so i just you know woke up from the dream and almost immediately got on the internet looking 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 where is this cat i found an animal shelter that was actually near where i was working and I looked at it, and it looked like the cat that was in my dream. And I went over to this animal shelter, and when I got there, I went in to look. They took me into this place where all these uh, cats were, and this cat came flying across the room toward me. Now, later I found out that this cat never came to anybody because mm-hmm. she was so shy, so introverted. She'd been there for three months. She'd lost absolutely everything, including all her fur, because she came so matted. And this and was hiding in the kitty litter box all the time. And uh, just so, and I said, "Did you dream about me too?" <laughs> you know, it was just amazing. And so I sat down and I I started to sing Hugh to her, and she just focused on me. It was like this 
instant soul-to-soul connection, and we were there spiritually, the two of us. And this cat, I won't go into the whole story because it's on the blog and people can read it, but this cat is perfect for us. We found out that she's actually a very rare breed of cat called a nebelung. Have you ever heard of that? Mm, I don't believe so. I hadn't either. Our vet hadn't even heard of this. (laughs) And so this cat is very shy, very introverted, extremely loyal, you know, like they pick their person and that's it. (laughs) And she is just wonderful. We named her Sweetie. And when we walked out of the uh, shelter with her, the uh, receptionists and the other people in the shelter, they were all in tears. They were crying. They were so happy because they never thought this cat would ever get adopted. (laughs) <laughs> and she's just been perfect for us. I mean, it's it, you know, there's many, as with any animal, there's many, many more stories beyond that. But that's the gist of it. How that people wouldn't know you could have a dream, and in the dream you could meet that next pet, that soul that is destined and meant to be with you. Uh, it's just, it's just remarkable. Absolutely. You know, you know, dream state is, I look at it as a form of meditation. Meditation, uh, similar to what you did, uh, meditation mm-hmm. is allowing anything that allows your conscious mind to shut off and allows your subconscious to open up. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about our dream state in particular, that's uh, a natural. We, we let that conscious mind shut off, the subconscious opens up, and it's a perfect portal for messages to come through, for animals to communicate with us, both animals that are in present form as well as animals uh, that have made their transition. And if we then take that and don't overanalyze that dream and just go with it, then yeah, it makes sense. Here she was right there, right and perfect for you, right down the the road basically, and uh, appeared right at the perfect time. This absolutely rare breed in this little animal shelter for months, in there for months, and just, you know, with no hope of ever finding a home. I mean, it's just like, okay, yeah, I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I got it. I got it. Oh, that's fantastic. Great stories. And and so the... uh, so the blog then, uh, Animals Are Our Soul, covers these these things, these, these topics. And I know that it covers a lot of you know, deep and meaningful questions, questions I know you've gotten answered or asked many, many times over the years from a spiritual and a religious and an uh, uh, open standpoint. And I know I get asked uh, quite often you know, these serious, deep questions, but the stories make them light. You know, questions like, you know, do animals have souls and do animals uh, live on? Do they have an afterlife? And I think the brilliant thing that what you do in your writings, as well as what we see on the blog, is we give stories and, and make it to all right to ask these questions and give you answers through the stories and not make it so uh, such a scary topic to talk about as, as humans have a hard time talking about these things. That is so true. And I really like the way you emphasize telling stories because I just think stories are a whole lot better than philosophizing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, like you can tell a story and a person has the free will to be able to get the message if they want to at, at whatever level they want to get it. And I love being open. I You just can't meet anybody who loves to hear people tell stories more than I do. It's just like I was just born to be to be a story myself and to hear other people's stories because <laughs> I just I just love it. And uh, I listen to their stories and. What I've loved over the years is over the decades, I have just heard so many stories, literally thousands of stories from people. And what always interests me is that people have the experience of animals as being soul 
this eternal being that lives on beyond uh, death of the physical body. And, and then they'll even say to me, and you know, that cat came back to me. <laughs> you know, no, and then they'll look at you and say, you think I'm crazy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll say, no, you said that to the right person. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. But, you, but you know, Linda, the thing I find even fascinating is when you get somebody, you tell somebody a story or they, they're telling their story to you or to anyone else. And you tell them that, no, that's not crazy. And usually what follows is, I have a similar story. Or I've been waiting for someone to tell me that was okay to think that way. Um, They're looking for that. And the stories, I think, break down that barrier, give some real real truth and honesty. You're not not storytelling. You're not making up something. These are real things that have happened to you. And then when someone finds out, hey, I'm not the only one out there, it makes it much much better, much easier to believe. And it does expand your heart and your spirituality and and your mind and knowing that uh, it's true. It is true, and what I love about this blog and, and your work and our work over the years is that these are not just stories from a certain type of person. I mean, we have gotten stories, and I know you have too, from people in all walks of life, every part of the globe. I mean, in this blog has stories from people in Africa and India and the UK and, I mean, you name it, Australia, all over the place. This is not one type of person who has these experiences. These are people everywhere, and they finally find an outlet where they can tell their story and have validation for what they've experienced, and it's a relief for people. They just, they appreciate it so much when they're able to read stories about these experiences, and even if they can't recognize it in their own lives, they realize that this animal is bringing love into my life. And no matter what's going on in the world, no matter how bleak things might look, there's this animal, this beautiful soul with their hearts wide open, who is showing me that I am loved. I am always loved. Never am I without being loved. And what a terrific message. It's the most important message of all. It is. Absolutely. It absolutely is. All right. Well, we're going to take a a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back with uh, Linda Anderson, talk to her a little bit more about uh, Animals Are Our Soul blog, and I also want to talk to Linda about her writing as now columnist and then, of course, as a uh, best-selling author. So everybody hang tight. Uh, We'll be right back after this commercial break. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. 
You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dinovite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Continuing our chat with uh, New York Times bestselling author and now columnist uh, Linda Anderson. The uh, blog she writes for AnimalsAreSoul.blog. And so, Linda, when when people go to the blog, we start talking. We talked previously about the stories and the messages and things that are shared there. What can they expect, and what do you hope they walk away from after uh, going to the blog, reading the stories, and uh, maybe opening themselves up a little bit more spiritually? I think what happens is that, for one thing, it's just like you know, there's all these uh, studies that show that when you read a story about an animal or see one on TV or whatever, that is really heart opening. It does everything for you. It makes you feel calmer. It makes you feel happier. It makes you feel like all is right with the world, that it's all going to be okay. All of that happens because these animals carry that uh, vibration of love, and these stories carry that vibration of love as well. And so, you know, when you come to this, I think what you're going to find is kindred spirits. You know, you're just going to find people, you're going to go, oh, yeah, I'm not the only one, <laughs> you know, that there are lots of people. And then you're just going to have a wonderful time. It just brings such a smile to your face. And it gives you hope because, uh, you know, when things look very bleak and, and dark, you want to see the light. And this mm-hmm. that's what this blog is full of. It's just full of light. And it's full of uh, the Holy Spirit, of uh, of the sound of God, and the the rhythms of life, and the the way that life works in your favor, even though you may not realize it at the time. All of these things are are there, and they're embedded in these beautiful stories. And I think it's a that's a wonderful wonderful message. And like you said, whether you know, we're always going to have trying times. There's always something going to be going on in the world, or going on with us individually. And when you go to the blog and you're reading these stories, you know, it's the blog, it's not beating you over the head with spirituality. It's not beating you over the head with uh, the word God or religion or any of this. That's not what the point is. It's the message and what the animals bring in that message that can heal and open your heart and uh, realize you're not alone in the world. Wow, you said it beautifully. I wish I would have thought of exactly what you just said. I'm going to have to transcribe this interview so I can get <laughs> like, okay, you know, you can be working on a project. You know how that is. You're working on a project, and then somebody else can describe it so succinctly. <laughs> well, feel free to use it. Just uh, throw me a small royalty. That's fine. <laughs> of course, of course. And you're thinking, why couldn't I think of that? There you go. There you go. Well, you know, another thing I really like, and this is just an unusual thing that people don't always think of, but you know, animals are growing spiritually too. And that's that's just a wonderful aspect of the stories in this blog, because you see an animal many times in these stories that has just been beaten down by life. And, you know, there's this wonderful story called Healing for the Heart of a Horse, And I love horse stories. I don't know about you, but I just love horse stories. And this poor horse was just, was so neglected and abused and all kinds of things that had gone on before this lovely teenage girl 
um, you know, the horse came into her life, and and it's just a, such an expansion of consciousness where, you know, because this girl understood the spiritual connection between her and the horse and used these spiritual techniques that are taught in Ekankar with the horse, she was able to help that horse go from the, the absolutely the worst conditions of, of life for a horse, uh, a retired racing horse, by the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that had gone through so much. And um, she was able to take that horse and help him go on a journey to such wonderful healing. And it just you say to yourself, yeah, these things are possible and these animals are growing too. They're learning. I can trust. I can love. And, you know, there was this, I was thinking about you actually when I was rereading the story today because uh, she talked about at the end of the story, she said, uh, if you don't mind, I'd just like to uh, read this part to you because it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. She says, distrustful, skinny, abused horse became a fat, happy cuddle bunny. Another writer at Mel's barn hired a pet psychic to communicate telepathically with him. She said Mel told her he used to think people were instruments of torment for horses. Mm. But then a young, tall girl with long, dark hair came along and showed him that people are capable of love. Isn't that wonderful? That is very wonderful. That is, uh, you know, that is the message. And I think that's beautiful, you know, in in so many ways when we talk about, you know, we think we're on this journey alone and not only as an individual – but also with with our animals. But as you said, they're they're growing spiritually. They're growing and wanting to release as well. You know, I do a lot of work with uh, rescue organizations across the uh, the world, and uh, I used to be a president of a humane society. And one of the biggest messages I give people that uh, you know adopt a rescue animal is uh, allow them to understand and learn their past, but don't allow them to live in that past. They're looking to live in that present moment with you to grow and expand and build a beautiful life together. So don't be concerned about, you know, whether they were abused or if they had a tough life or maybe they had a good life in the past. Don't live in that past. Live in that present. Allow them to do that as well. And I, and I think we can be uh, their guides, their teachers, their healers as much as uh, they bring to us. Absolutely. And it's a dual journey. I you know, when I help people to work on their stories, that's one of the things I emphasize with people. If you can go there, if that, if that works for you, is to look at it as a dual journey. It's, it's you growing and learning and this animal growing and learning. And then there's the intersection of you and this animal on this journey and coming together to do something together that you could have never done alone. Mm, lovely. What a lovely message. What lovely teaching. That's fantastic. Well, Linda, then let me ask you, shifting gears a little bit, I want to pick your brain as a, a fantastic writer and author and, and columnist. How is it writing for the blog? How does that compare writing columns and, and, and matching this up in a, a blog format compared to uh, putting together a, uh, a latest, greatest book or uh, you know, one of the other wonderful things you do as far as your writing is concerned? Well, in a lot of ways, it's similar because, uh, you know, it, I'm writing about something I love. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have been so blessed in this lifetime to be able to be able to do what I love. I mean, it's just pretty amazing, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful. 
And uh, to be able to write about what I see and observe and what people tell me, you know, I, I'm like a chronicler of, of life and life with animals. And when people are able to read what I write and, and relate to it and tell me their own stories and it sparks something very deep inside of them, it is so satisfying. I know you know the same thing because of the books that you've written. You know, how, how gratifying it is when people say, oh, yeah, you know, and they get it, and then they go on to tell you their story. It actually is pretty similar in, in that respect. Now, just in terms of the logistics of it, blog stories tend to be shorter and, you know, maybe a little bit more focused. You can't ramble quite as much. <laughs> 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 you kind of have to get to book to the point faster. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, I really, really enjoy it a lot. It's just like, and it's one of those types of writing that it, when you love it, you think that you've been working for maybe 15 minutes and it's more like three hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you say, okay, I must really love doing this because I haven't moved a muscle for three hours. I actually have to set a timer to go up get myself up out of the chair and move around <laughs> because I get so f absorbed in that world yeah. and it's just so interesting to me. Yeah, I think that's a fascinating th thing about it. You know, the, the stories are so compelling, so intriguing and heartfelt that the, the, and how you put them together is just so is wonderful. Like time passes by so quickly because uh, you get so absorbed in them. But also, uh, as you said, you know, comparing your stories and your journeys and the thing, all the many things you've done with uh, with the animals and with your own animals and now in addition with this, hearing other stories. I know that's been a big part of your writings over the years, but uh, just sharing the journey together. It is true, and I think one of the things I love about writing this blog, because it is my own spiritual path as well, it's really gratifying when people find that there is a, there's an actual spiritual teaching that, you know, really does say animals are sold. just comes right out and says it. And uh, <laughs> so many times I've been, you know, I've had to comfort people who an animal would pass away and they would try to talk to maybe somebody at their church or, uh, you know, to, you know, a person in authority or something. And, and they'd just be told, well, you know, that animal's gone. And that's right. it. Right. You know, it's all over. Get over it. Go get another pet. You know, all that kind of stuff that people say to each other. It's just fantastic. Uh, the the featured writer, uh, featured columnist for the blog is Sri Harold Klemp, and he's the spiritual leader of Ekankar, and he wrote this beautiful book called Animals Are Sold Too, and I just wanted to read one passage from I came across it today. It's real short, and he says, the best way to listen to our animal companions is to see them as soul. This means recognizing their eternal nature and knowing that God loves them just as much as God loves you. Mm, I love that. Wow. I love that. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yes. And who could, you know, who could debate that? Who can minimize that? We all know that. No, it doesn't matter what uh, religious background or uh, personal background, anything you come from. Animals are that common denominator. Animals are our heart connection. Mm -hmm. And for us to think anything less that they uh, they don't go back to that same place that we go to is, uh, to me, it's hard to imagine anybody think otherwise. Very true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I have worked in this field for 
what, like over 20 years. And I've worked with people of any, any faith, any religious background, no faith, whatever. And it's exactly what you said. This is what we have in common. We have that connection with animals. And when, once you understand the, the spirituality of that connection with animals, it just doesn't matter what the dogma might say. All that matters is what you have experienced personally. That's it. That's it. And that's the whole thing. It's what you get out of it. What you've experienced, what you know in your heart is true. And uh, I know when I, when I deal with, uh, you know, grief counseling after an animal or when an animal's making their transition or has made their transition, you know, I try to let people know that the terminologies and the thoughts and the words of others really uh, don't matter unless they touch you and mean something to you. So, you know, whether we call a, an animal's soul, you can call it their soul, their spirit, their essence, their energy. Uh, you could say they go up to the universal space of love or the rainbow bridge or heaven, however you want to label it. It's all the same thing. We're all that same energy, that same uh, love, and we all go back to that source, whatever that source may be. So whatever gives you comfort, whatever words you need or how you want to uh, label it, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, if you realize it's love and that love was here in body, and then once it's made its transition, it's always there for you afterwards and if you know that to be true then that that's your meaning and that is your truth it is so true and i love that you use the word um what did you say transition transition yes Yes, absolutely i love that i just love that yeah Yeah, so because it's not final Mm -mm. you know i mean and you know there's just so many examples and stories of people who have seen an animal in their dreams after uh, the animals Mm -hmm. made the transition or they have had the experience of really seeing, you know, just evidence that that animal, that that soul has returned to them uh, in a different body, in a different form. In one of the stories in uh, the blog that I wrote, I was writing about our, our two cockatiels, Sunshine and Sparkle. And after uh, Sparkle made her transition, Sunshine would sit on the mantle where they used to sit, the two of them, and she used to groom him on the mantle while he was sitting there and uh, they were just so in love with each other and after she was gone uh, physically he would look up in the air and he would follow a trajectory and he just did this over and over again follow around the ceiling like he's watching her flying around and (laughs) Alan and I would say you know we can't see her here but he sure can (laughs) that's it Yeah, and I think animals, and I think that we as humans are human companions. I think we can see, feel, know, hear that they're there. Uh, I think the challenge lies in the fact that, uh, first of all, animals are more accepting of that. I mean, they they communicate when they're in body in that telepathic manner. So after they've transitioned, it's just natural for them to be able to still communicate and see each other and know that they're still around. And then the other aspect of that is us humans trusting it. You know, I can't count how many times I said, you know, okay, well, whether it's a, a dog or a horse or a cat or a bird, you know, did you see them? Did you see a shadow? Did you see a, a gold or a silver orb, perhaps something shining in a surface that normally wouldn't have a reflection? Uh, have you heard them? Have you felt the pitter-patter of the taps on the, uh, on the floor, on the stairway? Have you felt places that are warm to the touch, but all of a sudden you don't know why they would feel warm to the touch, or a blanket all of a sudden gets crumpled up? You don't understand why. And time and time again, they've seen something, they've known something, they've heard something, but they've doubted themselves. 
or perhaps they were expecting to see it or hear it or feel it in a certain manner. Maybe the animals communicating in a different manner. But once you sort of open up all these different things and they're like, yes, I have seen that, right? Yes, I have heard that or I felt that or know that. Then it gives them that understanding and that comfort that, hey, you're not alone and it is them and they're always going to be around and they're, you know, your little angels now and they're going to make their appearances when they, whenever uh, they need to give you a message or if you need them, you call upon them to, uh, to come around. And I think that once they understand it and know that it, this is okay, then, uh, then they heal and they go through their grieving. They do their own healing and start to realize that, hey, they are actually always going to be around. That is so true. I uh, I was thinking about a story that I that I read recently in the blog. It was called the cat with a heart, and it, what you said reminded me of that because this guy first he sees this shadow, and then and the cat's name was Shadow, and the cat had just he just sees this spark of light going across the room. First it's a cat, then it's a small sphere of light, and then it goes back into the form of a cat in their bedroom. And he's saying, it's like Shadow is still with us in spirit. And then he has this dream, and in the dream, Shadow says, I'm coming back. <laughs> and he says, how am I going to find you? you know, he's really worried about this. How am I going to find you? And this is just a, it's just a wonderful story of how this cat communicated that he was coming back and exactly how he would be able to recognize that it was this soul that had come back. And everything that this cat told him in the in, as soul in his dream, it all happened exactly mm-hmm. the way he, the cat told him. And he's like, "Ah, really? You know, because he's really, really funny the way he writes it. You know, he's he, he says stuff like." You gotta be kidding me, you know, stuff like that. It's really funny. <laughs> oh goodness, goodness. Well, Linda, it's been uh, we're coming to the end of the show today. You know, it's been a pleasure as always chatting with you. I could chat all night long with you and, and share these wonderful stories. But uh, I encourage everyone to go to the the blog animalsaresoul.blog. And, uh, of course, uh, check out Linda's books. Maybe that's what was leading me into, uh, the Angel Animals <laughs> and all the other angel books for some uh, more of her great work and great stories as well. But animalsaresoul.blog, take a look at it, learn a lot, share your stories, find out other stories that relate to you and your spiritual uh, path that you're going down. It's just a, it's a wonderful, wonderful blog, the messages and the stories. And, and anything to do with animals has got to be good, right, Linda? Oh, absolutely. And write your comments after the stories, after you read them, and subscribe and just really enjoy being with kindred spirits. There you go. So it's animalsaresoul.blog. And uh, so take a look at that. Linda Anderson, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Thanks for coming on the show again. It's so great to hear from you. And uh, we look forward to continue to have chats with you into the future and read all your wonderful work and uh, all the wonderful stuff you're doing out there, and especially all the wonderful stuff you do with the animals, of course. Oh, thank you, Tim. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. While you're there, check out all the other wonderful shows and hosts on our network, which is Pet Life Radio. And there's a plethora of great, great entertainment there. If you have any questions, comments, ideas for this show, please email us. That's at PetLifeRadio.com. And we'll be glad to answer your questions, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear from most. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Put it in a book, a blog, an article. Get the message out there. Who knows? You may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets. 
every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.